The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver of promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage. Not so much in the cage these days. No, you're grounded from the cage. Yeah, I have. I, for those of you who haven't uh, tuned in the last two episodes, I have internal bruising on the left side of my body. And I was advised by my doctor that if I chose to continue training, I would uh, succumb to hemorrhaging internally. And considering that I don't like the idea of bleeding from what could be my internal organs, I decided to take her up on her request for me to get some She rest. said she would not sign off on you fighting. No, not at all. <laughs> she, so, like, that, literally, that, that wasn't a, a request. She would not, she wouldn't I, sign on it. I have to go find some, uh, quack. I have to go find some, some quack who would let me, uh, <laughs> sign, who would sign it for me for me to fight. It's not a good plan. It's no, just no, not. No, Absolutely not. Now, all of that being said, um, you may think what you did was badass. Yeah. I broke my leg at an MMA gym. You broke both your legs. I did, but one of them was at an MMA gym. In the parking lot. In a pothole, yes. In but a it's pothole. still it's While it you was were on still the phone with my mother. Yes, it was still but technically speaking, it was still I broke my leg at an MMA gym. Yeah. That oh. makes me tougher than you. Oh my god, I'm no. gonna divert for a second. <laughs> speaking of mothers, I have these two broken legs. I have two broken legs. It's going really well. I'm waddling like a penguin. <laughs> the um what I was saying, these TikTok trends are getting out of hand. They uh, they had one circulating recently with people who were or their girlfriends like calling my boyfriend's mom a bitch. I'd like to, to remind everyone: reaction. every time we use bad language here on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah! But that would, that to me was insane. These trends are getting out of hand. And then we have the celebrities endorsing these trends or f- jumping on because, of course, they're they're flowing. They're going around. They're making their circuit on the online world. What celebrities are endorsing the trends? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember seeing one of them from a TV show once. I know I'm not very descriptive, but I don't know celebrities well. If you have a blue check mark next to your name, I'm like, oh, you're famous somewhere. That's not how that works. Are you sure? I have blue check marks, and I'm not you're famous. famous. No, I'm well known in Hollywood. That's very different. Okay, that's very that's reasonable. I, I might be mistaken there. But either way, 
these things are going to get somebody hurt one day. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I do, I do like the one of call you, calling your boyfriend's mom a bitch. Like these guys <laughs> were dumping these women on the spot. It was great. Oh yeah. No, they were, they, I, I've learned that I'm not the only mama's boy on the internet. <laughs> Absolutely. What would you do if someone called your mom a bitch? I can imagine doing the same. I saw guys throwing water on the girls. They had a water ball in their hand. If they had a coat in their hand, they were chucking the coat at the, like uh, in their direction or out the window. Some of these things got a bit abusive, not going to lie. but um, Anything to make them stop it, insulting their Right. Mother. It was like, just get off the phone. Because when the point of this trend was to keep it going, I guess, as long as possible. And so a lot of the dudes would end up just trying to grab the phone. Because when they said hang up or would sign to them with their fingers, hang up the phone. They're getting ignored, and you're calling my mom a bitch. It's that's fighting words. <laughs> well, none of them hit the girls. No, of course not, and thankfully so. I, but this is where it comes in, where I'm saying things can get a little bit dangerous. I was sure a couple of them were gearing up. Gear, yeah. Uh, we saw. I remember one particular guy was in a white t-shirt in his car, and the and the girlfriend who was participating in this prank started mouthing off to what he thought was his mama. He had this very quiet, calm reaction. Just sat up and looked at her. Like he was like a very, very thousand yard yeah. stare kind of look. <laughs> and then clarified, whose mom are you speaking to? <laughs> like, oh, she about died. This, and then the camera cut off. So I'm sure something happened there. But either way, I, I digress. They can be fun, right? Some of them can. Like, I like the trends. I like the ones where uh, this guy did this voice recording. Where he was like, uh, hey, shorty, is your man gone yet? Uh, I like that one. Just pulling a uh, cheating on your boyfriend kind mm -hmm. of prank. I think they did a similar one for the guys too, where they could pull that off on the girls. They did, and the guy, but the oh my god, the girls react so much worse than the guys. Yeah. Yeah, the girl, the girls react so much worse. There. I'm concerned that these tr the trends really are going to get someone hurt though. I it, is there's a funny one then. There was a trend where you tell your you text them saying, "Oh, someone's hitting on me at this location," mm -hmm. and when you'd see the girls send it to the guys, all oh, the guys would run. They would book it wherever they last left them to their knowledge. You'd mm -hmm. see them pull up in cars. You'd see them uh, run across malls. But when the guy were texting the girl, they'd get either no response back or a text like, "Ah, oh, you can handle it. Mm -hmm. Whatever." That to me shows a distinct difference in the levels of trust there. I don't think it's necessarily about trust. I get hit on by guys I don't need to text you and be like, hey, come rescue me. Mm -hmm. If I'm actually texting you, hey, this guy's hitting on me, mm -hmm. why would I be texting you that? Oh, that's a good point. It's implying it's a little more dangerous than you can take. But what does that say about the guy when he's texting it to the girl then? Does she think he's just being dramatic? Pretty much. Oh. <laughs> if you texted me like some chick's hitting on me, I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, what, what Come you... defend my honor, woman. No. <laughs> like, At least FaceTime so I can sh so you can you know tell her to go away and someone. Why person. would I do that? Like, if you're a grown man, if you are not capable of if telling her to go away yourself, why would I come defend that? That's true. You see, now my my immediate thought was like, but well, what if it's a grown man with a penis? Do you think she's going to try and coerce him to leave the girl if you don't come in there and deal with it? A grown man with a penis. I. Ignore the phrasing, folks, in the question. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm curious about this man's penis. My, my what is so enchanting about this man's penis? And I hope to God it's a grown man. I'm just saying. Right. But my claim to fame is not my English skills. It's my punching people skills. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not even the best puncher on this radio show today. 
on the, oh no, I'm not. I thought you, I'm so sorry. I thought you were implying yourself. I'm like, no. damn right I am. What are you talking about? But <laughs> no, because no, on the radio show today, we have our fantastic guest, the one and only Roxanne Modafari of the UFC. So no, I'm definitely getting outstruck by her any day of the week. That she can kick your yeah, ass. That's not, even, that's not close. <laughs> it was 18 years, 50 fights, nada. No, no. she's she gonna be, she's gonna beat you like a drum. <laughs> Very much so. But no, they, again, going back to. Uh, the question. I don't know. I just like. I guess in my brain, it's like I would expect the same kind of response. If I'm gonna run in there for you, you should be willing to run in there for me. Do you need me to run in? Absolutely not. But I want the reassurance. Like the only time I ever saw you in trouble was when that big dude was chasing you around a pub. Oh yeah. And years my ago, and my brother, took... who was friends with you, wouldn't even help you. So her brother being the Muay Thai. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't go too much into the story. Oh, okay. Well, I won't go into the story. I'm being, I'm being told. I'm being told. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, we went to a, we went to a bar, not a bar. Was it a it bar or a bar. nightclub? One, one of those two things, and I got hit on a little bit, and she was concerned that I wouldn't be able to fend off. You were person. being stalked. I. How much am I allowed to say? Maybe, maybe you tell this part <laughs> of the story then. So this guy that looks like. Uh... He made Mike Tyson look like the, his mini-me. Yeah. Like he was a big guy, was fully stalking Bear around this pub. And he he's, you know, starting to get a little aggressive. And I said something to my brother. And my brother's like, well, I'll say something to him. Because we're at a gay bar. Like we're, we're hanging out and we happen to like gay bars. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, Bear's very good about telling guys like, no, I'm not gay, but thank you. Well, this guy was pretty aggressive. So my brother turns around. He's like, I'll say something to him. My brother looks at this guy. He's like, no, nah, he's on his own. <laughs> so I'm not willing to get hurt in the process of this. Or was, was it, I'm not putting my life on the line here. But yeah, that was pretty much it. And he was like, uh, but yeah, that, that guy was that guy was uncomfortably aggressive. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a fun time. And then, and then there was another time where I actually got touched by somebody. Yeah. That was not fun. In the par parking lot of a Panera Bread. Of all the places you would think you, you weren't going to get assaulted, Panera Bread parking <laughs> lot does not come into your mind. Well, um, he, he just he just cupped you a little bit. He just cupped me. It wasn't cupped a little bit. He cupped and diddled like his fingers were running the lengths of my testicles. Like, and it wasn't and it wasn't a second too. It was a period of time. That's the worst part. But that's what I mean. All I did, I, and I mean no offense. All yeah. I did was laugh. And so exactly what response are you expecting from girlfriends in this situation? <laughs> I watched a guy cup you in the parking lot of Panera and I laughed I'm going to say this though. It's not nice. I no, shouldn't no, no, have, no, no, but no. I did. No, and I'll say this. Credit to any victim or any survivor of assault or rape. I was a competitive cage fighter at that point and I just froze. I did not know what to do because <laughs> you're not trained for that. You're not, you're not trained for dudes to come up and diddle you, right? You're trained for some dude to punch you. So when you got a totally different response, I wasn't ready to defend myself against some guy just groping me so also he I, was like half your size and if you'd blown on him he'd have fallen over it just made no sense in my brain i, sh <laughs> I, I short wired and so i just froze there <laughs> you short circuited just but a little I was, bit like, short circuited so i i don't want to say like props to you for surviving the incident she never uh happened, well but... since it's happened to me i'll say um well i appreciate your understanding from this perspective yes it, it thanks i I don't know. More people need to talk about it, I guess. It's Actually, I'm glad support. you do. Not yeah. a lot of men talk about when things like this happen to them. Now, that said, I talk about it because now that I don't mean – I'm not trying to put it down when I say this. But looking back on it, I try and find the humor out of it. The yeah. guy was drunk out of his mind. He was trying to find uh, some gay bar called the Barracks and he was just lost. I like the I'm sure, I'm sure he had absolutely no idea what he was doing the next morning. And all of his friends in their car next to us were yelling at him, stop post snatching. Yeah. He thought he was trying to steal me from my girlfriend. He could have you. I'm good with that. Oh, thanks, sweetie. <laughs>
But that's that's my. But point. that's that's why these trends go that way because the guy's reaction is like, if the girl's writing, if I'm writing you, you're assuming that I can't handle the situation. Yeah. If you're writing me, I'm like, what do you want me to do? High five you? <laughs> like, what what do you want me to do in this? Damn, instance? she's smoking hot, babe. You send back a like a fist bump. Yeah, like what what do you want me to say? No, I, I get what you You get from. hit on all the time. I don't care. Yeah, but I get hit I on. get hit on all the time. You don't care. I get hit on by dudes jokingly and occasionally put occasionally they'll put my face You do spot. you do you do get hit on by a lot more men than women. Absolutely. No, um I got hit on by one girl for one second on a TikTok live stream. <laughs> in the moment at the moment someone told her that I have a girlfriend and she's next to me, she dipped. She was out of there so fast. It was a but you three do, second conversation. You, you do get hit on by a lot of dudes. But that's my point. Like, you mm. expect that I expect you to be able to handle it. You expect me to be able to handle it. Exactly. And that's kind of what it is. Like, if I wanted to run off with one of the guys, you'd be like, good riddance. You sucked no, anyway. No, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I wouldn't. That would be my response. I'm like... glad that's your response. <laughs> I have a little more faith in our relationship. We could fix whatever problems made you run away in the first place. You sound a little like Kanye West right now. I'm not going to tweet about it after she started banging some other dude, but I'm just saying, like, I'll feel. <laughs> Hang on, you can't, you cannot I'll phrase Kim Kardashian moving on from from Kanye West as banging some other dude. I didn't say mm. that it wasn't more than that. I'm saying those are the actions that took place. Kanye West is like seriously putting Pete Davidson in danger, and he needs to get back really? on his meds. Yeah, oh, he's I telling didn't know people. That. Yeah, he's he's telling people to yell at him and go after like he's bad. He's it's oh, getting bad. Oh yeah, no, that's okay. I was it's, not aware of that. Yeah, that's it's getting far. dangerous. And Kanye's reach is too is I think is a little huge. more vast yeah. than Pete Davidson. Though I one thing I will give Pete Davidson, I think he hit the nail on the head when he's yeah. like, uh, make Kanye 2006 again. <laughs> like that I mean, was, I liked Kanye, Kanye at, in in '06. Like oh, he was I, awesome. I back him in '08 when, yeah. when he had a, I think his song called Hearts or, or whatever came out or an album called Hearts. I don't know, but it was it was a good time for Mr. West. Not so much in the past four or five years. He just needs to get back on his meds. Yes. Like all all of that said, not knocking anyone. You know, um, my best friend, um, my assistant has bipolar. A lot of people I know do. I have ADHD. I think when you and I have OCD. When you um, have something like that, it is your responsibility to take care of it so it doesn't negatively impact people around you. And so your boyfriend doesn't have to check the stove 12 times. And the song was called Heartless, by the way. <laughs> okay. And, and your boyfriend doesn't have to check the stove 12 times. But <laughs> um, it, it is your responsibility, and especially with children, he needs to make sure it doesn't negatively impact mm -hmm. because his behavior and his treatment of their mother is negatively going to affect those children for the rest of their lives. Uh, we have some future mm -hmm. uh, rebellions coming, rebel kids yeah. coming. You can't blame him in this case. Guys, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with the amazing Roxanne. Bear is geeking out just a little bit. He's a huge fan of hers. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host. I'd say the baddest bear in the cage, but I guess that makes you the second baddest on this radio show. <laughs> now it does. For sure, she's yeah. stealing my thunder. <laughs> I, honey, she owned the thunder before you got there. <laughs> Guys, we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the second baddest person in the cage here, (laughs) Ben Fiora. Do you want to do the intro? Yes, and the reason why I am now second is because we have the one and only, the wonderful, fantastic, and badass Roxanne Modafari. Roxanne, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you so much for coming on. I have to tell you, uh, Bear was was a little... um, you ever seen a six-year-old girl geeking out? That's how he's been all week. <laughs> no. It's been deeply uncomfortable. I, like I was saying, I was, I was telling Roxanne behind the scenes that I'm tra- training with Sam Alvey and Dan Henderson and whatnot, I've gotten accustomed to them. There's no starstruck moment even seeing them in their fights. But having meeting you now for the first time and seeing such a dominating performance uh, so recently, it's definitely that moment of, oh, my God, she's on the show. She's on the show. You've fought for 18 years. You've had 50 fights. UFC 271 was the last time you stepped in, you stepped out of the fight game. What was that like for you? It was very bizarre. Um, I didn't know what to expect. You know, when I first started fighting MMA, I didn't really think of it as a career. It was just something I did like on the side and I I gave my heart and soul to it. Um, But now, like, I think I was able to be present in the moment and really enjoy being there and really like the fans and they're cheering and everyone helped me, you know, give me, um, help me remember what I've done and made me feel good. So it was really very cool and very satisfying. And I feel a great sense of relief now. Well, you definitely brought the house down. Everyone was over the moon with you. Um, you could even, they even cut to points where you saw people crying in the audience. And so to have that kind of impact on sport, I, I think is incredible. What's that like knowing that you have forever changed the fight game? You stepped in right when women were first doing this. You've just, you've changed everything, especially for women in this sport. Yes. It's such an honor to even think that I had an impact, you know, like that. 
um, not only on the sport, but on people's lives. I've also had fans tell me that they cried and man, like I, you know, I've cried for my own fighters and I know what a big deal that is. And it's just such an honor to be told that like, wow, I'm really impacting other people. It's, it's so cool. Now diverting a little bit, it, you were actually uh, an English teacher. You were teaching Japanese students English. What? She's, she's got a degree in English English literature. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big leap. <laughs> well, that's my question. What What made you go from, I'm a, I'm this teacher, to I'm going to beat the crap out of some other person inside of an oddly shaped circle? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, so I, I love teaching. You know, um, I got the job so I could move to Japan and become better at Japanese. I really want to want to be a translator, um, wanted to be a translator. And um, fighting MMA just became something that I did to challenge myself to the utmost. Like, I always want to do, a th- do things 100%. I always want to get stronger, challenge myself. And um, I was doing only jiu-jitsu, which is, you know, a grappling sport. And then some of my peers, you know, when I was like 21, some of my peers started doing MMA. And I thought, man, I, I can't sleep at night knowing there's this challenge that I didn't try to do. So that's why, you know, I started doing MMA. Um, so I, you know, it didn't pay money. I couldn't survive off of it. So I simultaneously worked and fought until the ultimate fighter when I made the analysis that if I got into the UFC, I would be able to support myself. Therefore, I was able to quit my teaching job and um, focus on fighting. That was a big change. Like when I first started fighting, there wasn't that opportunity. You know, I had to have a full-time job. What do you think now? uh, There are still people, I'm currently looking at them online on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to watch my language and behave myself, but there are still people that don't think um, women... Uh, can get as far as men in in uh, MMA. You've single-handedly disproven that. What do you think about people still trying to push women out of the sport? I think that people were raised in certain ways and have their own personal experiences that make them think that way. So if that's their opinion, they're entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I'm not going to try to argue with them. You know, um, a lot of uh, a lot of people disagree with that, and um, it's really cool. I think that in the UFC, the women are being paid on the same pay scale as men. Like, there's no discrimination yep. in their pay, and that's super cool. Um, thank you, UFC, for doing that. Um, so yeah, things are different now. And but those people, like, I'm not going to argue with them. Like, they're they can have their opinion. It's fine. She's so much more polite than everyone else I know about that. Oh, no, <laughs> like, absolutely, that was those a, those. That was a, uh, I don't want to say an unexpected response, but I did these. There's some warranted anger there that just didn't come out. I, I, that's it. Well, I think when you have when her level of badass, you can kind of get away oh, with yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Like, the little people don't matter. Well, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Um, a lot of children do Muay Thai, right? There's children yep. Muay Thai fighters. I think it's incorrect to let kids get hit in the head because of their developmental stage. Um, blows to the head can really, like, like kids' brains are still developing until they're, like, 16. So I'm, like, strongly against kids, you know, doing, like, sparring and kickboxing. But that's the thing. Some people think it's fine. Some people have their kids do that. So I'm just going to have to, like, not let my kids do it if I have kids. But, you know, that's, like, an example of something that I'm super against, you know, but other people aren't. So I'm trying to think of it that way. Like, maybe these people feel so strongly about that moral issue and I just got to let them have their opinion. I well, I agree with you, by the way. I, I think, uh, especially with what we know about head trauma and CTE now and all of that, keeping children out of that and keeping them safe is absolutely a priority. Just 
No, I can agree with that. Um, now, now, after 50, oops, no, that's fine. After 50 fights, it might be hard to remember this, but what was it like from the, what was it, what were the feelings like for you in your first fight versus maybe your first fight in the UFC after you've had some experience? What do you mean exactly? So, for instance, as a, as a competitor, I know that from my very first fight to where I am now, I still get the jitters, I still get the shakes, but I'm in a better headspace. I'm a little more confident, a little more comfortable when I step in the octagon to face down my opponent. What would, what would you say was the feeling for you on your first fight compared to uh, a fight when you're in the UFC? Very interesting. Uh, a lot of things have been going on in my head. Like, for example, the more I fight, the more clear my mind gets. Like, I've always struggled with um, not being able to think very clearly for kickboxing strategy. Like I just tend to throw similar combinations and like things are kind of like another dimension. But then when I get to the ground, like I'm, I feel like I'm a natural on the ground and I'm able to think. So like, I feel like my brain processes things differently. Um, and then also the nerves are a little different. So it actually has gotten worse. Like I feel like it was almost easier to fight, but now like, even though my brain is clearer, I've been feeling a lot more pressure, like the jitters are worse and they get worse. And like, it's, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like makes some of my earlier fights, I should have felt more pressure, but it's not even like the, I don't know, like mentally I'm, I'm clear, but my body just knows like, oh, you know, there's consequences and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's because <laughs> I'm living my dream, but I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's very interesting. Like I feel differently for every fight. What's it like when you realize the impact one that you've had on the sport and two um that you've had on mma as a whole it's so amazing i i never really had a way of realizing that until hindsight you know like if someone i i just I can't believe it almost until I look back and I say, wow, I was part of, you know, the movement of the women who, I mean, I'm just fighting. I don't really pay attention yep. to who I'm fighting or where I'm fighting. Like someone says, you want to fight? I say, yeah, let's do it. Um, and it's really cool that me doing that helped, you know, pave the way, I guess. So it's cool. There's a movement online. There's a group, especially on Reddit, of uh, women who are survivors, survivors of sexual assault, that got into MMA to protect themselves because of you, and they talked about you pulling them out of that place and watching you making wow. them feel powerful. So your 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 reach, your your impact is so. Oh wow, really? Oh yeah. Um, That's amazing. And you've, you've had such an impact on women. Um, there people online have called you a feminist icon. Is that something you embrace or? Holy moly. I, this is my, my first time of hearing that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I'd I, love I, to I, be any kind of inspiration to people. I, we've got sure. about two minutes. To break. <laughs> I'll, I'll embrace um, it. I like, I like that. I'm like, um, so we've got about two minutes. We're going to go to break. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, before we go, what was the most intimidating moment you ever had in the cage? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I know. Um, it was for Strikeforce. Oh, I can't remember what year it was. The card was Fedor versus Brett Rogers, and I was fighting Marlos Kunin, and I was fighting, like, up two weight classes because they wanted, they, they wanted me to fight her at 145. So I had to like gain weight in a hurry to fight her. 
And um, there were so many people. I think that was the largest arena that I've ever fought in um, to that date. I think it was like 2009 or something like that. Um, there were so many people. They're all cheering. I didn't have my glasses on. It was just like a mass of cheering people. And I was fighting Malus, who was huge and strong. Um, I mean, I was all game. I wasn't afraid. It was just very, it was intimidating. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do this. And I tried my best. It didn't work out for me, but I tried my best. But yeah, that was just a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is amazing. Like, this is huge. That's incredible. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be talking more. And I keep, how do I pronounce your last name? Bear's tried to get me to do it like four times and I've gotten it wrong every time. So I keep calling you Roxanne. Modiferi. Modiferi. Mod with the D. Modiferi, like the little fairies, like forest fairies. Oh, I like that. Modiferi. <laughs> okay, when we come back, we're going to be more uh, talking more with Roxanne Modafari. I cannot get this. I, I promise I will work on this. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. 
G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, the second baddest MMA fighter on the podcast today, Bear Fjord. I don't I'm even no- second. I think you go to fourth with yeah. her on. I'm number two. It <laughs> may only be two, but I am number two. And our very, very special guest. I'm going to get this right because I just got called a casual and yelled at by a guy on Twitter. So oh. I'm going to get this. Um, Roxanne Montefiore. Yes, that is me. Yes! <laughs> Sorry. I should not. <laughs> I also got to figure out what a casual is. Ca- casual is slang term for someone who is very unaware of a sport or a, or a thing that they say they support. Oh, okay. So that's the second worst C word I've been called today. That's the second, that's, that's second, second worst C word. What's the other one? We get, you do, I'm not saying that. Uh, we, we get money for members. I'm, 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 I'm not donation. saying that. Okay. Um, All right. Ro- Roxanne, um, I... I, for myself, I get asked this question a lot, but I think it's going to mean a lot more coming from someone of your caliber. What advice would you give to the young martial artist uh, man or woman who's looking to step into the cage for the first time? Um, I would say find a good team and good people and a good coach. And also don't spar too hard. <laughs> like, um because I'm very uh, trying to advocate for brain health. And I think it's important to spar hard, but like don't take crazy blows to the head because you can make your career really short. Like I, I'm, I know a fighter who had to retire before they turned pro because they kept having concussion problems. So like it's unnecessary to like try to knock each other out in practice. That's kind of what I want to give the message to younger fighters. Beautiful message at that. Absolutely. The health of of such, especially in the amateur rounds, there's no kind of medical, no kind of support for you. You're not even getting paid for what you're doing. It just doesn't make sense to wear your body down before you can get to a point where you're able to support yourself. I can see that. I, I can see that being being a problem. Um, I'm I'm not going to get into the political side of the UFC guys that are tweeting me. I'm not doing that. So shut it. Psst, psst, gee, knock it off. Um, I am going to ask you, Roxanne, you've got a couple of book, books published. You've got a new one coming out. Can you tell me what your first book was about? Yes. Uh, my first book is called Memoirs of a Happy Warrior. It's available on Kindle, on Amazon, and then I can sign it if you get it on my website, RoxanneMontessori.net. And it nice. covers the one-year period where I moved to Japan for a one-year exchange program. And I also fought three times in the first three fights. So I'd say it's pretty interesting. <laughs> nice. And your second book? The second book is called How to Be Positive, Mental Training by the Happy Warrior. And it's kind of like a workbook that I wrote using 10 um, uh, thinking processes um, and giving examples and then providing scenarios for the reader and then trying to get the reader to practice using those mental tricks to help their brain produce more positive ways of thinking. The happy, the happy warriors come up, come up twice now with your description of your books. Is that like a pseudonym you go under for your, uh, for your writing, your being the author? Um, no, my name is, you know, Roxanne um, as the author, I believe. Oh, oh yeah. happy I just thought warrior. it was a really catchy thing, so I was, I was uh, intrigued by it. Oh well, thank you. A fan bestowed my nickname upon me. Uh, ah, I like that. That's that's really cool. I like that. That's that's now my new favorite one. Um, 
We need to do something with like uh, you and Smile and Sam. You get two happy people together. I just want to see everyone giggle. Oh, I love Smile and Sam. He's so nice. He's lovely. He is. Well, he he beats up Bear a lot. That part's not um, always fun. He's, he's, he, he's he sits even, on he's him. He's lovely when he's dropping me too. It's okay. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, so we'll you've got a new. Could hide, please. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, you've got a new book coming out. It is the sequel to my memoirs book, Memoirs of a Happy Warrior 2. I'm very excited. I'm almost done. Um, I'm hoping to finish editing it soon, and I'm going to try to publish it before summer, I hope. I like that. Now, I'm going to put the link up on our page and make sure everyone can get to your books and uh, do that. Can you tell us something about your new book? Just a little excerpt or a little, little, little sneak peek? Yeah, um, I start the book after I graduate from college in 2005, and then I move to Japan, and I take you through my journey of several different MMA gyms, um, fighting all over the world in, you know, London, Okinawa, and then I, I include my Ultimate Fighter journal. You know, I have two journals from 18 and 26. I talk about what happened to me in there. Also, um, when I move back to the States, and then joining Syndicate MMA, and then making it into the UFC. So kind of that time period. And then I'm going to finish it right after my last fight, which was last week. That's wonderful. We have a fan question online. Are you ever going to open your own gym? You know, I feel like I want to teach at somebody else's gym. Like, I know that it's really hard to make a profit from a gym. And... um I don't really want to, I'm not like a, I don't, I don't know if I'm prepared to be a business person. So I do want to teach, but I'm not sure what's going to happen unless someone wants to partner with me and like do the business side of it. I can get that. Uh, next fan question. How do you not be scared stepping in the cage? Because actually I think that everyone should feel a little afraid unless they're insane. And <laughs> I do feel there's actually a, a quote. I forget if it was cross uh, uh, catch 22 or not, but it said that everyone going into battle is either a little scared or insane. Um, and yeah, so it's always, I always have a little bit of fear, but I know that's what makes me sane. And I just go forward and use my, my courage, use my bravery and fight as hard as I can. I like that. Uh, Brian Boom Kelhella, I think he's an MMA fighter too, uh, wants to know what advice you would give someone who wanted to have your career. Hmm. Just fight anybody you're offered and train as hard as you can and always know, like, run the race as hard as you can. You know, I always feel like I'm, I'm running a race, like who can get better faster? You know, always just do your best. That's all you can do. Do and you try have not a... too many hard blows to the head? Because I think <laughs> I being like a grappler, absolutely yes, yes. I, being a grappler like helped me not like get concussed a lot because I was able to like not have slugfest but take him down and like avoid a lot of that. So I think that's why I had like, big longevity in my career. Yeah, and it that. certainly it certainly shows. Uh, what would you say was your favorite fight? You got a lot to pick from. I do. Um, I really enjoyed my Tara LaRosa fights. Um, fighting Barb Honchak was an, an amazing win. Um, Nico Montano for the title was an amazing fight. I think that's one of my best fights. And actually my most recent fight, I think I had one of my best striking performances. 
um, mm-hmm. that I don't think I got credit for all the strikes that I landed because everyone was all uh, over you, her and how many strikes she landed. You, um, you didn't. But I'm proud of myself. Bear was screaming that at the at the screen while watching you loudly. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was interesting. So I enjoyed watch, that last so... fight. It was a good one. It was a banger, 100%. You were putting out so much more volume than O'Neill. I was quite surprised by their decision. Thank you for saying that. I was like, what are you talking Like, Whatever. But thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You said it so politely to her. When you said it here, there was a lot more F-words in it. Well, I'm speaking to her directly. <laughs> if I'm just talk- I'm talking in her defense, I don't care who I'm yelling it at. <laughs> you were yelling it at the referee <laughs> and the judges and the television. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's why I get the advice of saying, uh, if you if you want to win or you don't want to hear someone else's opinion, don't leave it to the judges. But at some point, you have to look at it like, come on, guys, you're playing favorites or you're just not paying attention. Yeah, it's hard to finish somebody in in three rounds. (laughs) Like, yeah, if there was no if there were no rounds, like I have more confidence. Yeah, I have more confidence in myself. But I'm tough. But yeah. it actually brings up an interesting question. Uh, so no round concept. Do, would you, if you had a preference, how long would these fights go to? Would it just be simply a fight until the other person was submitted or gave out? Or do you have an end time you would have? Um, you know, I've never fought no rounds. And I, you know, I, I do enjoy my five minute break, uh, my one minute break in between rounds. So I don't know if I'd actually go for that. But I have really good endurance. So I feel like if I had to fight like a timeless match like in the old days i probably would do well i like that question from twitter again who is your favorite fighter of all time who do you think the best fighter is i'm gonna say i'm a huge fan of matt sarah and robbie lawler for sure those two and then izzy like and joe Lozo. Oh, and izzy yeah. Lozo are my favorites uh, Robbie Robbie Lawler had the uh, when he had the fight with Roy McDonald. I'm still in defense that that's probably one of, if not the best fight of the century. It was an absolute, and ab- what what they consider wars in the fights nowadays. I think that was a real war between those two men. Yeah, I have no idea what either of you are talking about. I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm I'll be the idiot that reads off Twitter. <laughs> uh. Who do you think is the best fighter today? Um, maybe Valentina Shevchenko, because she like is strong. She does grappling. She's an, a crazy striker. Like she handled um, Jessica Andrade. Like I couldn't believe it. She just like threw her down, and she's like one of the strongest girls that I've seen. Um, maybe Valentina. Valentina, is there anyone in your career that you've met that you wanted to fight and maybe didn't get a chance to, or anyone you were excited to fight that got pulled at the last moment? Um, Yeah, actually, I was supposed to fight um, Shizuka Sugiyama in Japan, and I hurt my neck, so I pulled out, and I was kind of bummed because I kind of wanted to fight her. Oh, that was the worst when you had to pull out for an injury, absolutely. Well, that sucks. No, it does. What was it like fighting? But I didn't have any rivalry or anything with her. I just wanted to fight her. But anyway, go ahead. Well, that's, that's that's fair. It's always exciting to meet someone, especially when you maybe you're excited by their style of fighting too. But um, no, I was yeah. just curious. Uh, what was it like fighting in Japan during those time during that time? 
Um, honestly, it felt like I was very happy to get the opportunities. It did feel like a step down from shows with males on the cards. Um, I think there were some, I think a lot of the fans were specific female fighter fans. Um, and the, the, uh, the promotions that I fought on were mostly all female and they got fewer fans, a uh, number of fans coming to the venue. I'm trying to speak carefully on this. <laughs> uh, no, I, um, I get it. <laughs> And, and the fans um, can they like called our fight clothes costumes, like kostumu. So like instead of uh-huh. saying, Hey, wear your fight clothes, they would say, Wear your costumes and I'm like, um what? my rash guard and my shorts. So I don't know, like it was it was great. Um I got a lot of experience, but I definitely felt like more on level with the men when I was in America. Did they think it was like women of wrestling or something? What the hell did they think it was? Sorry. What, what did the hell? Uh, well, actually, actually, yes. Um, the pro, pro, uh, I'm brain farting. No, pro wrestling was more huge in Japan and a lot of pro wrestlers did MMA and there was more of a crossover just because of the culture. So um, it was just, yeah, there was like more influence with the men as well. So I, can I can't really blame them for that. Do you think you've had a more difficult ride uh, being a woman and climbing to the top of this sport? Yes and no. I actually thought about that. Like, if I were a man, um, well, let me go the other way. Being a woman, I actually feel like I got more opportunity to shine because there were fewer of us. Uh, On the other hand, because there were fewer of us, there were fewer opportunities. So it was kind of like a double-edged sword. And um, if I were a guy, I might have been just average, you know, and I might not have gotten the opportunities that I did get because I was a female. Um, but I'm not sure, just in hindsight, I, I'm not really sure that's just what I was thinking. Like, I'm kind of glad that I came up as a woman because I had some more opportunities. Do you think that you got, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I hope to God it doesn't come out that way. Do you think you were She'll picked for specific She'll beat the crap out of you right? if it does. It's okay. Do you think you were picked for specific fights purely because of your gender? Maybe cards that were supposed to be uh, higher end or headlining, anything of the sort? Well, I think she was picked because of a name. Um, well, that. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Like, I've, I've been thinking about that too. Like, oh man, uh, I wish I were a man because I would have gotten more respect and more you know, opportunities and um, better this and better that. And then I was like, well, no, maybe you were picked more because you were a woman and maybe it was better that you're a woman. So, like, I'm actually still not sure about that. Those are just some of my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your favorite person in the UFC? The favorite person not necessarily to work with or not to fight against, but favorite person to hang out with? It's a Twitter question. Uh, Like a fellow fighter or just... Mm -hmm. Who do you think the coolest person to hang out with in the UFC is? Um, let's see. Maybe Lauren Murphy. She's cool. We were on the Ultimate Fighter together, and she came and helped me train for my last fight. So I'm I'm really happy and glad that I'm friends with Lauren Murphy. I like that. What was it like working on the Ultimate Fighter? With her or just in general? In general. Um, it was great a lot of uh focus training and um man i was able to really focus on my my training and um it was just awesome 
I'm sorry, I'm brain farting right now. That's and okay. my foot I, is turning purple. Your foot is turning Did purple. Did you kick someone? Sorry, that's totally unrelated. Um, I just got wrapped because I had a little swelling. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm just, give me a second. Um, I had my foot wrapped because um, just for some treatment because I got kicked in the fight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is with my foot? It's cold. Oh, my God, it's purple because the room is dark. I'm in. So I'm, I'm unwrapping it now. Sorry. We can continue. I, 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 I would say that having like your foot change change colors probably not a good sign. I knew it was too tight. Oh, okay, I'm better now. Holy crap! Sorry about totally, that. I just that's, that's I panicked totally, for a second. That's a very good reason okay. to put a pause in, in, the, in, the, in the talk. In the interview, the, it, what is it? the fear of losing oh. one's foot is a good reason to to pause things. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, okay, I'm better now. No more purple foot. Holy crap! Yeah, that brings up a very good idea. What's something in the background of fighting that most fans don't know about? It could be recovery. It could be cutting for fights. What's something that's very difficult that's not really talked about in the world of fighting? I can talk about this. I would say recovery. Like when I trained from like nine o'clock to one o'clock, I had to go home and like lay down. Like I was shot for the rest of the day. I didn't want to do anything like it's really hard to actually recover from hard training, um, even to walk. And then just like, yeah, it really takes a lot out of you to, to train. And it's hard for people to do like their part-time jobs to make a living while they're training. So much respect to those people. Oh, absolutely. Is there a, I don't mean to throw shade at anybody either when I ask this, but is there a particular person or gym or experience that was very, uh, displeasurable for you did you not what like somewhere you're training or somebody you were training um i think i will say that people sometimes have different uh, opinions and senses of how hard to go and how hard to punch and for some people, a certain strength is okay, but for me, it's not okay. So I've told a few people that I couldn't train with them, even though I've liked them as people, just because I feel like, oh gosh, like they, they hit me too hard. And then I think in return, those people probably aren't so happy with me and think I'm a wimp. But um, that's just one of the things that we have to agree to disagree on, I think. So I've, so, I've had uh, issues with that in, in my career. So you don't uh, subscribe to the Sean Strickland method of training? <laughs> absolutely not yeah okay no. <laughs> just, just checking <laughs> go, go to war with uh, yeah. literally everybody this <laughs> yeah. it's probably it's probably not the best plan um what for you is the one thing you will remember for if you had one moment from your entire career what is the one thing that stands out for you the one thing that stands out is how much the fans really loved me and yeah. like when i was walking to the cage people were hanging over the rails and like waving to me and like when I raised my fist they raised their fist um and then also leaving the cage whether I won or lost especially after I lost like just they were still like we love you it's okay and just I was like man that's so kind of them like it was just really cool how they supported me no matter what and I felt like gosh I have really solid fans and I I can't thank them enough for that oh I I full uh, was it? I'll testify to that. Your fans are crazy about you. I don't know if you heard it during the fight, but anytime the commentaries or anytime that uh, O'Neal landed anything 
decent, the crowd would just shift. It was immediate <laughs> boos. Everyone had, it, she would have gotten more praise if she just sit there as a punching bag. But anytime she did something, there was so much yeah. hate. She, was, she she did not make herself popular. <laughs> like no. I will I will say that. It was I was on social media afterwards and she they, 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 there was they were not pleased. Um <laughs> You definitely, you have some diehard fans. Uh, we have about four minutes left to the show. What do you want to say to everyone out there? I want to say that I've, I'm not going to enter the octagon again, but, you know, I still am going to keep posting on social media. So my adventures are not over yet. Please keep following me and let's have some fun and I shall continue to be entertaining. And I'm, I really value the connection that we've made. Even if you've reached out to me or talked to me on social media or even nothing or just watched my fight, we have a connection. So I love that and I value that. So let's, let's, keep, it, let's keep it going. I love that. Throw out uh, all your social media handles. What are they? Is it just uh, the one? Yes. On t- Twitter, Roxy Fighter. Also Instagram, Roxy Fighter. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, just I forget what it is. My name, I think. <laughs> I'm also on Cameo. So if you want to order... If you want to order a shout out, I think I'm Roxy Fighter or something on Cameo too. Or maybe That's just my awesome. name. I didn't know I you were on Cameo. That's very cool. What is a Cameo? Cameo is where you can be, it literally makes you accessible to your fans. People can ask for a Cameo or a shout out. And so essentially what they do is they um, have you give them shout. It, it's really cool. I'll, sh- I'll bring it up later. I want to get on Cameo. Yeah, nobody cares about you. I mean, no, I love like, you. I love so you. Cool. <laughs> I've heard that before. Aww. Nobody loves you. <laughs> I love you. I, we, <laughs> great. I have to live with him after this. Um, <laughs> So thank you so, so much for joining us on the show. I've got to tell you, we had so many write-ins while you were on here. We didn't get to, you know, we we got through a a small fraction of the questions, but something that kept coming out here was, uh, will you ever fight again? Will you have a reality show? How can we find you? And that I like, so they can still find you on social media. You've got yes. your book coming out. You're still going to be a part of what's going on. Have you considered doing commentary or anything like that was another one that we kept being asked. Maybe. I'm trying to figure that out right now. I like that. Thank you so, so much for joining us. i got to tell you, I know uh, Bear was more quiet this show than he's ever been, so you should come on more often. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just let, let you dominate the show this time. <laughs> Um, thank you so, so much for joining us guys, follow Roxy fighter, go check her out. I'm going to put up links, follow her, check out some of her fights. I know they're all, they're online. Thank you for joining us. I'm summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the second baddest person in the cage on this radio show. Anyway, Beck Fiora. You're number two. (laughs) You're number two. And thank you very much to our very, very, very special guest. I'm going to get this name right. Roxanne Modafferi. You're very well. Yes, I got it. Yes, and it took the entire bloody show an hour before. <laughs> so two hours, but I got it. Thank you so much for joining us. Any when your book comes out, I'd love to have you on again. We can talk about the book if you're if you'd like to okay. do that. Perfect. Yes, ma'am. I'm holding you. That's a, it's a legally binding contract. I'm just no, I'm kidding. Um, thank you very very much for joining, <laughs> guys. We'll see you next week. I'm Summer Helene. This was behind the scenes. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific 
Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.